Welcome to the MGO Fish Podcast. My name is David Arnold. I'm here hosting again. Every once in a while it happens. I'm lucky enough to to join in with these shenanigans that happen uh, on this podcast with Harry Hillman and Stephen Asentoski. You guys have been holding it down for me the past couple of weeks, and I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I was feeling kind of selfish. I felt like I needed a platform to speak on, uh, and want some people to listen to me, so invite you guys back for a podcast tonight how's it going guys steven how you doing doing good doing good it's a long week glad to uh to end it with you guys i mean you know i think the we had the attractive crew holding it down for a bit and then you decided to step in here uh david and, and kind of ruin that so yeah you guys are beautiful <laughs> i do have to say I'm, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, speaking of attractive here comes my, speaking of beautiful my beautiful child yes do you need to go? I can, I can keep the intro going. We can beauty it up over here. Yeah, let me just mark here. the time. One fifteen to one fifteen. No, just just leave it all in. Just leave just it. Leave it. In. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll let something. You you guys keep going for a hot second. Just keep it going. <laughs> all right. So that that background is David Arnold's child. He is checking on that now. But Harry, how how is your day? How how is it going with you, man? It's uh it's going great. I mean, Iowa City, Iowa. Um. Michigan basketball is playing against Iowa about 15 minutes from my house. And there is a major, major snowstorm going on right now, so attendance there is poor. But morale in my room is high. And there you go. oh my god, David just got punched by, by his daughter. Right? <laughs> by like, okay. A young child. He's, he's writhing in pain. You can see his face. His face right now. She's standing oh, over him like Alan Iverson and Tyrone. <laughs> wow. All right, all right, Harry. Let's let's. We don't know what's gonna happen to David here. Let let's let's carry on. I I know you've been uh, looking for this episode for a while. What are we gonna be talking about to kick off this episode here? So we're gonna be running down our top moments of the decade, decade in review, where we yes. get to take a little bit of a break from talking about the ongoing current events of Michigan football and basketball, get to sure. unwind a bit, have a little bit more fun, talk about the good stuff. Remember that one time we beat Ohio State? You know, the good things in life. <laughs> that better not be in your top five. That better not be in your top five. I mean, 2011 it, against Ohio State? I mean, is it – I mean, we can't go through lists now. That would be cheating. But let's just say that – wins over rivals are, are like a fine wine and they get better with age hey and so, i'm with you there uh an eight-year-old going on nine-year-old win is going to be way better than a one-year-old win and that's what i've been telling myself it's true that's true all right so david is back david is sitting we're talking the top moments of michigan athletics over the past decade, you know, we're, we're 17 days into the new decade. If you want to consider it the new decade, I do. I don't understand why others don't, but we're going to consider it the new decade. And yeah, it's been done by other people, but we're going to do our top five, top ten moments. Um, kind of kind of shoot it around a little bit and, and just have happy times. You know, football season is officially over, so, so we can kind of come out of our shell a little bit and think happy thoughts, uh, which we don't really get to do during football season very often. If we're being honest, um, so let's do it. Harry, do you want to start it off? You are the youngest, I do believe. Uh, Steven, 
Do you, do you have any interest? you want to kick it off? What, what is your guys' number five favorite moment? Be- before, before we reveal that, I want to get the sport breakdown. So take, take, you know, how many sports you have and what's the breakdown? How many football, how many basketball, how many non-football or basketball? So I'll, I'll kick us off there. I have three basketball moments and four football moments. That's not five. I'm, I'm adding it up. In oh, my I can't. Right now. Sorry, three and then two. It's a Friday. Let okay. me let me be wrong here. <laughs> three and then two. That's <laughs> not the same. Uh, Harry, Harry, what's your breakdown? Two basketball, two football, one baseball. All right. I wonder what the baseball one is going to be. I'm I'm four <laughs> basketball and one football. Um, wow. Yeah, you know what? This decade, it, we might as well get into it. This decade was the decade Michigan became a basketball school. I mean, and I think permanently moving forward, I think Michigan is just a basketball school. Get over it. I don't even think college football is going to exist in 30 years, you know, <laughs> personally. So we might as well get on the basketball bandwagon while we're at it. Um, I, I see uh, Mr. CTE over there, college football player Harry, shaking his head. Uh, <laughs> no words? Nothing? I mean, no, it's that's ridiculous that one bad decade makes us a, a basketball school. Oh, I would say two bad decades. We're always going to be a baseball school. Fair enough. We're what? a baseball school through and through. Well, I mean, the basketball programs had infinitely more success than the baseball program over the past decade. Which, how many was the basketball team in the college world series last year, Dave? Oh, they were in the final four twice. We're a baseball softball school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible Miss Mississippi State. That's the top tier of Sandlot Sports. All right, Sandlot Dave, Sports. David, give me your five. <laughs> give me your top. Give me your number five. Oh, oh, just the number five. All yes. right. My top five, number five moment of the past decade. Um, this is definitely cheating, but how about draft night in the NBA? Just in general, over the past decade, I grew up in an era. Um, with Brian Ellerby and Tommy Amaker as Michigan's head coach. And let me tell you what that produced. Uh, we had Mo Taylor in 1997. We had uh, Robert Trailer in 1998. Jamal Crawford. Um, and that was literally it. You know, there are five players drafted between 1997 and 2004. Enter Beeline. Um if you include Ekbe Udo, who was a transfer after his freshman year, uh, Beeline had 12 NBA draft picks this decade. 12. Yeah. If you don't include the freshman transfer, he had 11. And on top of that 11, he also had Duncan Robinson and Derek Wallen, who are getting minutes as undrafted you know, Michigan players. Uh, I think it's been pretty spectacular just to see the transformation and I think we're going to see even more in the future with Juwan Howard. Obviously, we're going to see these top, 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 top-end prospects. But the fact that Beeline was able to take these nobodies, uh, I mean, I don't want to say nobodies, obviously, but, you, you know, you had start off with Darius Morris was the big one at first, and then he faded from obscurity. We kind of forgot about him, but he was really the first one who kind of set it all off. But Tim Hardaway Jr. was drafted in the first round. Trey Burke was drafted in the ninth overall pick. Glenn Robinson was drafted. Mitch McCary. Uh, Nick Stoskis, Karis LeVert, DJ Wilson, Mo Wagner, Brezdaiskis, and uh, Jordan Poole last year. I mean, that's just a ton of names, a ton of yeah. quality, quality players 
who you just got to see shine on, on draft night. And especially with the Stoskis, Trey Burke, Mitch McGay, Karis LeVert, DJ Wilson role of players, they're all lottery prospects at one point or another. Even Glenn Robinson was a lottery prospect at one point or another. Mo Wagner in that same mold. Um, just guys that got a lot of talk and they got a lot of recognition. And it's cool on the NBA draft night after never seeing it as a kid. You know, I was born right at the cusp of when the Fab Five was happening. So I was like two years old when when Chris Webber is calling timeouts. Um, fast forward 20 years and, and to see so many players shine on NBA draft night. That is my number five moment of the decade for Michigan athletics. What, what about you, Harry? You got any thoughts on that? And what's your number five moment? First off, I think that's that's a really weak number five. <laughs> I mean, I'm judging you pretty hard. That's pretty weak that you had that five. Maybe top I, ten, but that's like Cal Perry saying like the best night in Kentucky history is having like six first rounders. Well, okay, to be, to be honest, I, I, I think I think see, seeing the basketball team late. get their shine overshadows anything Michigan football so, has done other than beat Ohio State once in 2011. So, so, yeah. um, so my my first left off, my honorable mention is Trey Burke picking Keith Appling's pockets twice uh, against Michigan State. Uh, the go-ahead and then the game sealer. That's my That was my number six. My honorable mention, but my number five, Denard Robinson to Roy Roundtree, under the lights, completing the comeback. First night game in Michigan history, beating Notre Dame, 2011. It was just a really incredible game. It was, I think, 28-10 at one point. Michigan looked dead. The crowd started coming alive, and all of a sudden, I think it was Theo Riddick had what I thought was a game-winning touchdown with 30, 35 seconds left, and Michigan was able to get Jeremy Gallon wide open, and Denard hit Roundtree in the end zone, and I can still hear Brent Musburg yelling in my head, touchdown, Michigan, and he kind of elongates the MI, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, Brent. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a little bit more of an NSFW, so. Uh, yeah, I'll put, I'll put the explicit on it, that's all right. Yeah, put, put the explicit on it. Let the people know not to listen to the kids in the car, but that's my number five. Yeah. It was just a really magical moment. First night game Michigan history, probably the the most fun I've ever had watching a Michigan victory. That was an life. unbelievable moment. I will give you that. I mean, just like an unbelievable moment yeah, and, and very, very cool. Up to that point, I mean, Notre Dame's the only team we get those breaks against. Because, they because they're the team. only other team we play that hasn't been elite in the past decade. That's a quote-unquote rival. I I agree with you, yeah, yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's still nice to know that some of our worst teams beat their better teams because we just got that little bit of luck. And I mean, that Michigan didn't deserve to win that night, but it was really, really special, and I really enjoyed it. Totally. So. I, I get it, man. It was definitely a special moment. Steven, what do you remember from that night? Man, that was that's tragically underrated at five. I'll tell you what, that that's... I'll, I won't spoil my rankings, but that's it deserves much higher than can, that to I, me. Can I can I give you an argument for why it's not in my top five list? Sure. Um, I have just very much devalued the Notre Dame Michigan game for my own for my own personal uh, enjoyment slash like uh, importance meter. 
Be- because the only reason I think it ever gets any hype, you, know, you joke about it, Michigan wins all these Heismans in September, because famously, infamously, you know, Denard Robinson will go off against Notre Dame in the third week of the season, or some player will go off in like second week of the season, or Michigan will demolish Jimmy Clausen and a high-ranked Notre Dame team who ends up going like three and eight, three and nine. Um, I see it my entire life where it's like these two teams just have the largest fan bases, right? They they have the biggest alumni bases, especially in the bigger media markets. So so the game just gets built up to such a level that I don't like no other game I can think about gets built up to that big of a level that never has any actual consequences to it. Uh, so, so for me, it's just like, it's been a great game uh, series with some fun games, uh, back and forth. And Michigan has had the better edge, but just like, it just never ends up being of consequence. And that just kind of bugs me. But that game is the game of that series over the past decade well, that definitely stands out. If I could push back on that a little bit, I don't really think – like the spirit of college football isn't to, to play games of consequence, right? 95% of Power 5 schools – okay, maybe not 95, but most Power 5 schools will never sniff a national championship. Most will never sniff – sniff a conference title but you still value those wins over heated rivals and right whether yeah. the hype is unwarranted or not i mean you look at one of my favorite games is navy army my For other sure. like, sure. favorite like those aren't consequential games in the grand scheme of things but the rivalries that people want to win the rivalries in the spirit of college football and finally, like, to hell with Notre Dame. Fuck them. You know, that's that's completely fair, and that's a fair point, Harry. I can't argue with that at all. I also think Michigan fans towards the west side of the state also have a little bit more investment. And you guys are both from the Chicago area as well. Mm-hmm. So once you start going west in the state of Michigan, you start seeing more and more Notre Dame you know, things. The campus in Notre Dame is, is five miles from the state of Michigan itself. Or near, you know, it's eight miles from Niles. So, you know, the Chicago alumni that are all Michigan and Notre Dame graduates. Uh, so I think the further west you go, you definitely see that as well. I, from my perspective, growing up in Ann Arbor, Notre Dame was a cool game, but it just was never, you know, it never matched Michigan State or Ohio State from what I saw. But I totally, I get that point. I, I can't argue it for sure. Steven, uh, what's your number five? Of. Real quick about the under, under the lights uh, one. That's actually it's really highly ranked for me. That was my second game uh, as a freshman. Uh, so oh yeah, at, that's awesome. I was there. In, yeah, I was there in person for that one. So very special game for me. Half of my friends actually left at halftime because they showed up pretty drunk to that game, and then they're like, "This is a blowout." Because it was like twenty eight ten or something at halftime or whatever. I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> so I ended up just like high fiving, just hugging the most like random strangers at the end of that game. It was just unbelievable that entire uh, sequence. Like lost my voice just singing the victors all the way back to the dorm. So very special moment, just nostalgic for me in terms of. Uh, my time at the university. But my number five would be uh, the Crash Champions uh, 2017 men's basketball team winning the Big Ten tournament uh, after crashing uh, on taking off to uh, to the tournament at Willow Run Airport. So, the, you know, the first game against Illinois where they're playing in their practice jerseys, I think they were Epic. the fifth seed, yeah, the fifth seed th- that year. Yes. 
And then, they were uh, the eight seed. They were the eight seed. Oh, yeah, they were they, the eight seed. They, they had, had to win the tournament to even year. make the dance. They were a bubble team. They could have been in the dance. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe after a few games. They definitely weren't in the dance for sure going yeah, into the tournament. They, they had to they win needed, a couple games yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I so think you, they had to like win their first two to stay yeah. off the Right. Yeah. That's all semantics. Keep going, Steve. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just that alone, I think, is worth a spot. Again, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of attributing these to my interaction with these moments as well. I was actually in Scottsdale, Scottsdale that weekend uh, for a long weekend. Had a really fun time doing different activities, um, going to a spring training game for the Cubs out there. Uh, I actually got a, a booth uh, where um, I had a tour of the spring training facility while I was watching, I think the semifinal game against uh, <laughs> Purdue um, up in the booth. And then the game kicked off right after. So it was just perfect timing. Uh, it was awesome. Cause like every other night I had, you know, something to do or every night I had a, a game to watch for Michigan. So uh, yeah, for them to come together and, and, and win that tournament to, you know, spark a huge run and, and uh, show out towards the end of the season with Derek Walton, just, being a madman that was an unbelievable end to that season i think so, one, one of the cool things about college basketball is that there are so many different chances to win something and make the season if not an outright success like a pretty darn big great season you, you can mark it down yeah you've got the preseason tournaments which are always very cool i think this year's team is going to go down as successful for that preseason tournament or the early season tournament no matter what happens the rest of the year, even if maybe they they dim towards the end, it'll still be a successful season. They have the conference uh, regular season championship. That's another trophy to potentially win. And then you have the conference um, tournament, you know, something to win. And then you have the regional tournament in the NCAA tournament, you know. And then you have the Final Four, and then the championship game. There's a lot of different chances for banners or, or achievements that isn't really there in college football in the same way. And I think that's something that makes college basketball overall more fun experience because it, it gives all the teams, uh, you know, no matter how good or bad you are in a particular season, something to strive for continuously. Even if you have a bad season, you can still go on a run in the tournament. And that is proof, you know, that game, especially with the motivation of the, of the plane wreck, that was just so crazy. Watching them play in those practice uniforms, I remember I was teaching at the time, and we were at Dairy Queen. We took our kids uh, for a treat like we did once a week, and, and me and my buddy, who's a basketball referee, we were watching the Illinois-Michigan game on our phone. We were streaming it on our phone in this Dairy Queen, watching it, just like, this is so surreal that they're playing in their practice yeah. jerseys. It was so surreal. Uh, and especially when you add on you know, the Austin Hatch situation uh, and just... Yeah. just the magnificence of that team to come together in the way they did was so unique and special. Uh, and, and of yeah. course, they won the conference uh, tournament again the very next year, uh, which was just a crazy cool run for Beeline there, uh, unexpected yeah. in all of the ways. Uh, Harry, you got any thoughts before we move on to number four? No, I think that's a, that's a really um, good one. It's one that I kind of regret missing out on on my list. I almost took off my number four and replaced it with it, but for the integrity, hey, I got you covered. Rankings, That's right. For the integrity, I have to persevere with my original list. So, <laughs> Harry, everyone, understand I'm a man of moral ethics and character. Yes, <laughs> we absolutely know that's not true. Harry, what's your number four? <laughs> uh, my number four: uh, Michigan beats Texas Tech, making it to the College World Series. 
This one is more the hard for me to pick a specific moment of the entire run. There was beating UCLA in the super sectional, getting through, winning game one of the, the College World Series. It was a polar opposite of what we experience in football year after year, where instead we had basically the entire country rooting for Michigan in the College World Series because we were the scrappy underdogs. We were the lowly recruited team, the team that came from nowhere. And it was a really cool thing to see that just the Michigan baseball team being able to put that run together. It was a shame it, it ended a little poorly, but I mean, that was I mean, more in the national title. <laughs> I mean, in like, the national title, just the fact that yeah. that was really, really cool to see. And I think the unlikeliness of it boosted a bit in my list. It was something I took a lot of pride and joy in. I remember I was at an all-you-can-eat wings night at uh, the bar down the street in Iowa City with a couple of my buddies, just thinking, holy shit. They won 15-3. to three. It was never close. But it, when, when you have a blowout like that, it's like an elongated coronation. And all the players said the right things. Bakic had that awesome soundbite about his recruiting strategy. Which it went was viral perfect, and was perfect, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a perfect Cinderella run with perfect personalities. It was something I enjoyed a ton. And I'm, I mean, obviously really glad it happened. But I decided to put it at number four. Even though not as big of a college baseball guy, that one was cool enough that it really made it stand out for me. Can, can I just say, and I'll let Steven talk on it in a minute if he wants, but I think a, a big part of the positive memories we have with Michigan sports uh, and the best moments might not necessarily be the best objective moments of, of the decade, although I do think making the College Baseball World Series shows up in that uh, objectively. But it's it's the experiences of where you're at. And I know a lot of these on my list directly were also influenced by the fact that I was in downtown Ann Arbor during, you know, certain situations where, where you know, like, we'll get to them in a minute. But, but crazy things happen and you're downtown and you're feeling the vibe of, of all the students, all the crowd who's all pro-Michigan. I gotta say, going to college in Ohio... Um, didn't really get to experience that very often. But then, you know, I'm from Ann Arbor, so I come back to Ann Arbor. I spent a lot of time downtown um, as a young adult post-college. And it's just like you're living the life with these, with all the fans of Ann Arbor. And you're just like so positive and the emotions are so high. It's awesome. And that really capitalizes on, on your memory bank. Uh, the way you described, you know, your memories of the College Baseball World Series, the way Steven described being at spring training and watching the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, it's a place in time. It's a memory, and I think that's so cool, and that's what makes sports so special and such a great thing for everybody to be involved with, right? It's those special moments you always remember. Um, just not the Michigan-Ohio State game. Every day, every year. Um, not to go too far deep into a black pit there, but it's like, man... The same of everything I just said, but the total opposite. <laughs> Steven, uh, you had comments before you go to your number four? Uh, only quick one would be that uh, I felt like it was such a perfect team to root for. The you know recruiting pitch was perfect. The player base was phenomenal. The team was so uniquely built 
um, and they came together at the right time. So it's just a very, very easy team to root for. I think it represented the university well. Could not have been a better recruiting pitch uh, than than that entire run that they had. So I, I was really, I felt proud that it was that it was you know Michigan's team. It was so fun to watch, and the leadership was re- was really uh, refreshing. So so yeah, um, my number four. I, it for sure will not be on your guys' list. I think it's pretty niche. It's more, it's less focused on the event and more of how it made me feel and how gratifying it was. So it was the entire Michigan game uh, beating MSU in 2017. And it's mainly because of Devin Bush tearing up the field. Um, My friend, that was uh, not 2017. That was 2018. 2018. 2018. Oh, yeah, don't say 2017. Steve, Steve massive John O'Corn fan. <laughs> you know, me, I was actually at a wedding for the 2017 game. So I got to to drown that game out with uh, an open bar. So that was, uh, you know, a fond night for, for different reasons. Mainly an open bar could only solve. But no, 2018, Devin Bush tearing up the field, uh, DPJ, hitting the the pose after the touchdown i was actually at that game uh so that was that was a pretty fun uh pretty fun game to be at i remember watching devin bush doing a backflip and full pads after the game was (laughs) over on the field it was unbelievable so again it was a game that you know didn't really mean a whole lot you know michigan state wasn't too good but um i mean they had a good defense and 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 michigan came ready to play at Spartan Stadium, so it was more uh, the theatrics of the game that I think will stick with me, uh, that will make a lasting mark, um, and I think set the tone for uh, at least the next few years. Um, what's looking like probably longer than that um, in that rivalry. It really, so, if it definitely felt like the moment when it was like, okay, we've had some crazy back and forth games in the Harbaugh D'Antonio rivalry, right? I mean, obviously the crazy games before it, we don't. Let me talk about them. Um, right. <laughs> but that that was the game where I was like, all right, all right, all right, we're done with this. We have to conquer Michigan State before we can even think about Ohio State. And obviously the Ohio State thing hasn't happened yet. But it's like the hurdle had to be cleared that Michigan had reasserted themselves as the dominant in-state program first. Right, That had to happen first. And it should have happened earlier. Crazy things happened to make it not happen earlier. Um, and that was definitely the moment, right? That, that, that's yeah. what I remember. That's my memory from that moment in time. Harry, what, what yeah. about you, man? We, we'll, we can talk about it a little bit more later. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. We're going to move on to my number four then. Uh, and I'll, I'll make it pretty quick because, again, I think this is also super niche, niche uh, compared to Steven, uh, if not even more so. Um so Michigan comes into the Sweet 16 in 2013, and it's Michigan versus Florida for the right to go to the Elite Eight. And I'm saying this because this is the game that Nick, Nick Stoskis really introduced himself to Michigan fans and to the nation worldwide. They, you know, they started off against Florida uh, on a 13-0 run to start the freaking game, and it was because. Yeah. Nick Stoskis went 5-for-5 five five from three-point range in the first half. He literally couldn't miss. Uh, the team, as a total, shot 58% from three-point range that game, uh, and and they won the game 79-59. to 
And the main reason I bring it up is because that was the first moment for me that it was like, oh, wait, this team is, like, really actually good enough to do special things, right? If you have, you know, that Mitch McGarry was really coming on strong, you got Trey Burke, you got Tim Hardaway Jr., but then you've got this kid, Nick Stauskas, who is a freshman, but he can sit in the corner and shoot threes like Ray Allen, who at the time was playing for the Miami Heat and, and was so known for you know, just sitting in the corner and hitting those threes. Nick Stauskas, for me, was like, oh, if you add Ray Allen to this freaking team, maybe they can do things. And like Harry was talking about, it was very relaxing in the way the baseball game against Texas Tech where you're blowing them out. It was 13 nothing. and it was like by halftime, they're up 15 points against the University of Florida, who was still coming off that shine of being, you know, the University of Florida basketball program, Billy Donovan, just had Joaquin Noah, Al Horford, and company not even five years before that. Um, and it was an early Sunday afternoon game. I remember watching it, just being like, "Holy crap! This is <laughs> this is amazing. This is the first time in my life I can actually remember Michigan basketball being special." And it was a special game for me in that place in time, just watching them completely obliterate the number three seed in their bracket. And of course, the next game they play Kansas, who will most definitely come up later on this list for me, as I'm sure it will for you guys. Um, Let's put a that thought yeah that yeah of course of course let's not spoil it i think all three of us are, are on the same page there i would assume uh but yeah so yeah. michigan michigan florida and sweet 16 where, where things just happened and it was special that was the first time where i was like damn like like this is fun this is a lot of fun i can't remember the last time i watched michigan sports and it was just fun from start to finish and so that was the moment for me um if you guys have any thoughts if not we'll just move on to harry's number three uh, my number three is uh, it's probably very niche, but it's uh, it's Devin Bush tearing up the field. Yeah. Uh, I, wow. I, it was yeah. It was this is my the second football memory on here. I couldn't bring myself to actually put winning once over Ohio State on the decade against a six and five going into it Ohio State team. I couldn't put that in my top five moments of the decade, but it was one of those games where you could tell the players wanted it just as much as anyone else. Devin Bush tore up the field. They talked shit all game. Donovan Peoples-Jones struck the pose. Chase Winovich taunted him after the game. And what I remember most is around the third quarter, after I think Michigan fumbled for Michigan State to make it 7-7, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. This is where Michigan usually loses winnable games. And yeah. they're just able to put it out of control. And other than 94 yards of offense, it was an all-around ass-kicking. I loved watching it. And it was really cool to see. That, that was that was a big-time win at the time over a, a good Michigan State team. It was a top 25 road win. And it was – that was – Probably that five-game stretch of Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State, up until the Ohio State game, probably one of the the best stretches Michigan football's had in quite some time. So that's my number three. It was fun to watch. I remember being in, in Buffalo with my buddy who's a Michigan grad watching it, and we're just drinking and kind of freaking out. And all of a sudden, see the touchdown pass, and it was a really good time. My yeah. Twitter was very, very uh, 
good after that game for lack. I so so here's here's where I stand on on the football. You know, honestly, I'm looking from the top moments for me, and I I want to be pure and joyful from from beginning to to end to finish. For me, at least, and I really just don't get that from football ever anymore. I just don't like football. Just the the program, the team, just sucks the life out of you for so long. It has for so long. I just don't enjoy it until I enjoy it. It's I have to be like convinced every football game I watch. It feels like I I I've gotten the feeling that I have to be convinced by the performance to be allowed to be happy. And with basketball, I just got a lot of pure joyful moments. But that Michigan State game is one of those times where they walked into Michigan State Stadium, you know, they tore up the field, and they did their business, and they said, no, we're, we're here to rock, right, let's go. And, and you got that feeling that I almost never get from the football program anymore of just like, this is going to be a good day. Let's do this. If they're going to do it, let's do it, right? And that, that was a cool moment. So I'm with you, Harry, man. I'm, I'm with you guys. Right, Steven, yep. what's your number three? Uh, my number three will be... Uh, Jordan Poole's shot against Houston in 2018, second round. Um, again, this is, you know, it was only second round of the NCAA tournament, so you could say, you know, not all that consequential. Obviously, Michigan had quite a run that year. Um, but, man, that was, I I remember I had my computer hooked up to my TV yeah. in the ding, living ding, room. Ding, 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 ding. Also my number three. Go ahead. Yeah, We've perfect. got a match. We've got a we match. Got yeah. And, uh, Dude, I was so pissed. Man Bun, I forget his name already, oh, but the yeah. Man Bun guy for Houston, he was a gamer. He was Great such player. A dick. Great player. But <laughs> I remember he was just hitting floaters. He would just like tell everyone to like he would put, you know, his finger to his lips, telling everyone to be quiet. He's the he, dude he you love. Guy. You love if he's on your team and absolutely hate. Oh yeah. He's, he had a lot yeah. of Nick Stoskis in him. Like they both yeah. had very similar qualities. Yep. So I respected the guy, but man, was he annoying to to be losing against. And Michigan, you know, it was looking like Michigan was going to lose that game. So I had my computer hooked up to the TV in the living room. Uh, It was right after that final foul. You know, Michigan had a couple possessions where they didn't, uh, weren't able to put the ball in the hoop and they fouled, you know, down two. So I'm like, this is it. Game over. So I disconnect my computer from the TV. I go into this exact room I'm in right now. I, I'm sitting exactly like I am with my headphones, and then uh, I'll, I'll I'll recreate it. You can you can tell people what I actually do here, but I'm watching the game on my monitor, just like pissed, just like this, and then it happens, and I just I just do this. <laughs> for, for what it's worth, Stephen has taken the look of a cat who has seen a cucumber. We're just wow! They're just surprised. <laughs> Cucumber is in their face. They don't know what to do. He throws his headphones up, and the cord is landed on his face in a very disrespectful manner. And I I watch the replays without my headphones, so I don't have any sound. I watch the replays for a good, like, three minutes while it's happening. No sound with my my, that stupid look on my face. And uh, I I text my buddy, um, who lives a couple blocks away. Uh, We each do three shots, and then we meet up at the Michigan bar shots, that's shots, about shots, a block shots. a block away and we uh we just talked basketball and, and watched the highlights on Sports Center at the Michigan bar uh until like three AM. So that was that was a great night, just super unexpected. Like the most I mean, buzzer beaters are, are special, especially when you, you know, follow it up with how, how Michigan uh 
you know, got to the national championship that year. So it, it was really a special moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was one I'll never forget, but, uh, but yeah, what a, what a, what a shot for, for, uh, Jordan Poole there. What bar do you go to? Was it, were you talking about in Chicago? Yeah, it was the Dyak, which is unfortunately oh, yeah. closed. That's where I went to, um, watch the, uh, Michigan Notre Dame game last year. It's good oh, time. Dude, I, I live, I live literally a block away from it and they just closed down. Yeah. So I'm kind of bummed about that. Yeah, right. So, so can I tell you my experience was very, very similar, and why it's my number three as well. Um, and, and this is going to be a common theme from here on out for me. I'm in downtown Ann Arbor, and, and my cousin used to live in a loft right on uh, Main Street. So, so right post college, I always go to downtown Ann Arbor. You know, we would drink and have a good time and whatnot. There was a Michigan basketball or football game. We would head to a bar and watch it. Uh, but he had moved to California at this point a, a few years ago. And so I'm by myself. Well, I'm not by myself. I was with some friends, just not with him. Um, and we were at uh, Connor O'Neill's, right, watching the game, getting a little frustrated, whatever. And, and I was very annoyed. I was very annoyed at the end of the game. Like, this is just not going our way. We just, they, Michigan just didn't play the game I wanted them to play. And to be truthful, that team that entire year until that moment was just a, a very inconsistently frustrating team. You know, they had yeah. their highs, they had their lows, but it just wasn't consistent. Um, and really, I just, I don't think anyone really expected the run that they ended up having. Uh, so, so this moment, I'm heading over to Jelly Pumpkin, uh, where my buddy worked, and, and I run in at like the last second. And at the last second, all I see is Jordan Poole going up. I, I, I'm like right outside the bar, like in the window, and I see Jordan Poole going up for the shot. He hits it, and the second before that shot went down, it was as silent as a pin in Ann Arbor. And the yeah. second that shot dropped... It was like you could hear the entire city just roar in one yeah. big, like one big wave of sound. And it was just the craziest, most epic moment I can remember. And it, I, I don't even know how to explain it. There were literally people running out of the bars onto the street just like, well, that was amazing. That was incredible. What the fuck yeah. just happened, right? I mean, it was, so, it was so cool, right? It was one of those memories I'm just not going to forget. And I was so lucky to have been able to catch the second of that last one. Like, I just caught the very... I was just so frustrated by the way they were playing. Just so frustrated. And I was like, man, this is just it. This is it. You know, you're down to, uh, you know, with three seconds left, and it's just not going to happen. And then Jordan Poole just goes Air Jordan three-point shot. Uh, that yep. was just so epic. So epic. Harry, you got any memories from that before you head to your number two? Um, No, just go to my number two. All right, let's do it. So my number two is uh, Jordan Poole hitting the uh, shot against Houston. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, ding, 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 ding. We got a yeah. match. Wait, wait, wait. What was your three? What was your number uh, three? My three was Devin Bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I had a feeling we'd all have the same number one. So – but I mean, I could be wrong. But I just you are, remember. You are wrong. Oh, oh. So I know you're number one already, then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I respect it. Uh, but it was the end of my spring break, my senior year at college. So we were in uh, Fort Lauderdale for a week, and then I was supposed to be driving back with my friends, but I realized I'd missed the Michigan game, so I bought a plane ticket back, flew back. <laughs> 
went to the St. Patrick's Day parade in Chicago for an extra day of uh, drinking. And I was over at uh, my friend's house, who I was kind of interested in. And I'm watching the end of the game with her parents. And we drove over, and I'm watching the game cast on my phone and openly openly pouting in her car. She's like, what the hell is like wrong with you? <laughs> you wouldn't understand. This team was supposed to be special. She's like, it's not over yet. Like, it's over. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got to her house right as we fouled on the two free throws. And I remember as the shot went up, it was almost like slow motion. And it just went in. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was just slow-mo. And I remember jumping up out of the recliner and just, like, standing there. It was cool. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was cool. I enjoy it when we, when we win. But, um, yeah, that that's my number two. It's it's pretty incredible. I assume that would be all of our list. Yeah, it's pretty incredible that that is not even the most, like, March Madness-y, March well, Madness shot. Don't spoil the surprise. Oh, don't yeah, so much surprise. Um, no, God, God, can't spoil it, Dave. Go go to your number two. Go to your number two, Dave. Me? Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is 2011, boys. And we have, a, we have a head coach who poops gold. On the recruiting trail, he's recruited the best offensive line recruiting class probably ever. Things are going to be great. You know, we're only a few years away from uh, Kyle Kalis and... David Dawson just turning Michigan into the next Alabama. Um, and, and he's figured out a way to turn Denard Robinson or to keep Denard Robinson as, as epically good as ever, right? So also Ohio State is looking like they're never going to be good again. Things are just going down the drain for them. Life is so good as a Michigan fan for the first time ever. We had just been through the worst decade of our lives. No way could get worse. What are worse. you saying? What are you saying? This is your number two? Michigan, yeah, Michigan you, being Ohio State in football. Class, I'm gonna drive to Tecumseh and punch you. Michigan being wait, Michigan being Ohio State in football isn't on your guys' top five list. It only happens this, once a decade. How could you not this enjoy this? Is it? number yeah, two. I can't, I can't oh. give them like that'd be my like number eight. Yeah, it's I can't put one of my top five moments like the rarest oh. thing to happen against our biggest rivals. I won't even give them the dignity of I knowing will. that I've, I've, beating I've their accepted worst it. team in twenty. It was their worst team in literally 20 years. I don't, I don't give a flying Do you think Ohio State <laughs> gave, gave a shit? Do you think Ohio State gave a shit when they were beating the crap out of Rich Rodriguez with Terrell Pryor at quarterback? Think, no. Do you think they gave more of a shit when they beat, I don't know, like our top five teams? Like, I'm not even top five, but oh, we beat at least an eight in Ohio Screw State. you guys. <laughs> screw you guys. It was an amazing Dude, moment for me. even family. your daughter is disagreeing with you. She's right, yelling at you. <laughs> screw you guys. Uh, can I just say, I moved to Ann Arbor in 2001. I've seen Michigan beat Ohio State twice in my life, and one of those times was in 2011, and my family jump-hugged. Then we went to downtown Ann Arbor, and it was like the best mood of all time. We thought we had broken the drought. We thought we had gone through the desert, and life could never be that bad again. And then Ohio State er- hired Urban Meyer, and then my daughter is knocking at the door. So that was my number two. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Steven, what's your number two? We'll figure it out. Such a weak list, Dave. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He, he, he put it out on his headphones, but I'm going to say this. I understand why why it's his number two because – 
I'm grateful it's there because otherwise, man, that streak would be at what? Like oh, yeah. 15 or 16. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that Michigan won that year. Doesn't make it a top moment. It's just a, a good mm-hmm. moment. Um, so my number two, number seven or eight. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So my number two is going to be both of your guys number one. So this is, this actually oh, works yeah. out. It's uh it's Trey Burke's shot against Kansas. Um, I remember this game. I was, I don't want to butcher the year, 2013, right? Uh, yes. Yes, 2013. And so I was home uh, with my brother in Monroe, Michigan, and we were watching all day. It was kind of a weird thing that we were doing. We were watching all of March Madness from the hot tub on the deck, and we had a projector that was projecting – like four games at a time onto the side of a house while we were in this hot tub and we were like drinking beer. It was like a fun, fun time. It, it was a good time for sure. So that was like our entire day. Uh, we watched the first half of that game and then similar reaction to the <laughs> holy shit that scared that scared the absolute shit out of me. He doesn't even know it. Oh my god! Oh, I think she was roaring in agreement. She seriously, that's that's what it sounded like when I uh, when, when he hit that shot. Just unbelievable. Obviously, Trey Burke's uh, highest moment is in his career solidified him winning National Player of the Year uh, by far. So, just an unbelievable day, uh, unbelievable game, um, and the the block was clean, obviously. Uh, against Louisville, but uh, but what was what was your memory of of that game, Harry? Where were you? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I was in um, like St. Petersburg, Florida. We were on spring break. I was junior in high school, and I remember watching just from our room with my buddy who didn't really care that much about basketball. And <laughs> I'll give it a second. Yeah. All right, we're good. Okay. I remember watching on my phone, and it just felt really hopeless in the second half until all of a sudden it was just every good break started happening. Elijah Johnson got karma for the nut shot to McGarry earlier in the game. Yeah. And I just remember yelling, why is he pulling up from so deep? And then my dad's like, that's why. So I'm like, okay, good call. Seriously. And it was just one of those where it was such a great moment that I don't even remember if I said or did anything, but it wouldn't shock me if it was just inaudible screaming yeah. and running around. Yeah. But my favorite part of that game outside the shot, I, I don't think people really remember just how incredible of a game Mitch McGarry played that game that game probably if he just never did anything again he probably would have been taken in the top 10 in the draft just off of that game i think he had like 25 and 17 yeah he was incredible he was going against nfl not nfl nba uh pro jeff withy the whole game he played incredible it was a great moment to watch incredible run it was an easy number one for me. Yeah. Just, and it was also kind of like 
how in the movie, whenever a main character's in the rain, it's like washing all his problems off him. After pretty bad football the last few years, pretty bad basketball the last few years, to be able to just do something like that in that moment against a blue blood like Kansas was kind of wiping away some of the, the shit that we had to eat the last few years. So that's my number one. It was an easy number one. Trey Burke's my Michigan. Uh, I will go over this in a little bit, but uh, Trey Burke will never have to buy a drink in Ann Arbor again. Yeah. But he probably should. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, that's definitely my number one as well. Stephen, did you already talk about I it? I did, yeah. So so where were you? I was explaining to Harry. I was in a hot tub watching March Madness all day with my brother back in Monroe, Michigan, <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> and that's how I watched that game. I was on the toilet. What? I was so upset. I was so pissed. Wait, what? You were Listen, on the toilet for that game? I, that entire watched, game? <laughs> no, 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 no. I watched the entire game. And I was so pissed. I missed the entire Trey Burke thing. Oh my god! I went up to the bathroom. And I'm sitting there and I'm pooping, and all I'm just like I'm just boiling at this moment, right? And within the span of 30 seconds, I must have gotten 20 texts on my non-smartphone at the time, and it was like, oh my god, oh my god, did you see this? And I had like. I've never ended a poop so fast in my life. <laughs> I jumped downstairs, like two two sets of stairs to get downstairs, and everyone's celebrating. It's like overtime. Oh my god, overtime! Oh my god, overtime! And I was like, what did I just miss? Oh my god! So easily top moment, even though like ugh, bad place in time. But I was gonna combine it also with just my memories from the Final Four and the national title game in general. I for the Syracuse game, which was a great memory for me. I was in downtown Ann Arbor. Um, uh, I got a great seat at the Brown Jug, um, and, and watched Mitch McGarry just completely demolish the zone defense of Syracuse. And that was just such a cool moment because you've got Michigan basketball and Harry alluded to it with the Kansas comment. you just got, it's Michigan basketball. It's Michigan basketball. And yet it's now it's Michigan basketball. Right. And honestly, like for all the things I loathe about Adidas and the the way they mishandled our football uniforms and honestly, you know, quite a few of the basketball uniforms, those jerseys for about two or three years there, the Stoskis, uh, Hardaway, Trey Burke era, yeah. those Adidas jerseys are iconic to yeah. me. Like in my mind, they're truly iconic. The yellow, you know, the maize jerseys with the blue splashes of different different ways they're different ways they're organized in the shorts super iconic and i love them more than the current jordan jerseys like i I never thought i'd say that but like i really thought those adidas jerseys were truly iconic and it's because of the team as much as anything obviously uh but then also beyond that game for the national title game i went to chrysler arena and i i I went to the watch party to watch michigan lose to louisville and although it ended poorly, I mean, it was just such an epic atmosphere. Of Chrysler, 100% filled capacity, and 100% Michigan fans. You, you know, even at the best, biggest home basketball games, you're going to have an away contingent. But, but but that watch party was just pure Michigan fans. Nice. They're just purely there because they just love the team. And it was such an epic experience. Uh, the whole 48 hours leading up to the championship game, 
I just watched the Fab Five documentary on repeat. I, I just watched it on repeat. I felt like a kid at Christmas. <laughs> it's the closest, you know, I've ever felt to just like pure sports ecstasy where it's like all of my actual sporting dreams as a fan are about to come true. That, that was the closest I've ever felt to that. Cause I, I don't think any pro team could quite do that for me the way that a Michigan basketball or football team could, Yeah, you know, you know, if Michigan basketball ever won a national championship or a football program, like that would just be the Zenith, the ultimate for me. And for them to be that close was just so, so cool. Even in defeat, it was just so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just so epic. I just memories I will literally never forget, and just the happiest moments as a fan. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it's about: the time and place that you're at as a fan in your life that you just won't forget. Uh, that's where I was. So it was cool, nice. cool place in time. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, Harry. I know you. You're just dying to talk about other things as well. I'm um, Steve's number one. Yeah, I still got my number Wait. one. Oh, I thought Steven said that. The no, Steven, no, Trey Burke is not Steven's number one. No. Huh? My number one no. is Under the Lights. Under the Lights number one. And for all those reasons that I said before that we already talked about, um, bring back the pom-poms. That's another reason. That was unbelievable. It was crazy. It was probably the loudest I can ever remember the big house. And I've been to quite a few games. So unbelievable atmosphere. But... I think it's also number one. It was the reason I started making videos was that game. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, that was the video. That, That's awesome. The first video I ever made was be, was after that game, for that game. Um, and, yeah, it, it was really, I would say, the turning point in what, uh, what made me uh, – it compelled me to make a video. And then that's when I really started following the team uh, really closely. Cause before that I was, I would consider myself a Michigan fan, but not a, uh, not a religious fan uh, that I am today. So, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's a great, I think great moment if, in time. if I had the surroundings you did, I, it'd be an easy number one for me too. All right. I watch it in my living room freaking out. If I was at the game, my freshman year, yeah. watch, that oh my god that'd yeah. be a far number one so i i respect the move and, th- and that's the beauty of it right because we all have different yeah. moments around the, the sport so you know one person's number one can be you know a little bit lower on the list it's all about how you uh yeah. how you interacted with it and what point of of time uh you were at when you experienced it so so yeah i think i think i think we all we captured pretty pretty much the uh i would say the only thing we haven't mentioned that i would consider uh, a, a top performance is the softball team overall. Um, I know Harry, you were, we, you were talking about a little bit that it's uh, just outside of your top five. So yeah, watching the softball team um, in, what was it? it must've been 2015. I remember, or maybe it was 2016, but I remember a couple of their runs. Uh, just a really fun team to watch. Coach, uh, coach is one of my favorite to, to actually watch. And it's just a really fun Really, really fun uh, team over the past couple couple years to watch. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. The thing is, is it's like a place in time. Uh, watching Michigan softball win the national title back in 2005 um, was, was cool and probably would be one of my top experiences from the previous decade. Uh, you know, knowing they're good is a very comforting thing. It's something I, you know, I take pride in as a Michigan fan. 
but I, I just don't have any like um you know personal experiences which i think is okay and understandable uh, but definitely it's been pretty cool how successful they've been um harry let's let's okay have we, have we discussed the top five list thoroughly enough for for you two Yes. Man. Okay. All right, Harry. You really were itching to discuss. We we got ten minutes left. So so quickly ish. Give me what did you want to do a top five of your favorite fo- of top football players no, and basketball I players think, or I just think it can be an easy as easy as uh at the top one in terms of Who's your of player the, of the decade? Player of the decade in basketball, it, it's Trey Burke. Yeah. He's but my favorite of the decade was probably Mo Wagner. Yeah, that's up probably there. my favorite. I think I think um, Trey Burke is is number one, and Nick Stauskas is a uh, number two for me. Um, you know, you're talking about the Trey Burke steal against or back back steals against Michigan State, which were amazingly epic, right? And just like iconic. One iconic play for me that really sticks out for Nick Stauskas um, is the Wisconsin step back three. Michigan wasn't even ranked at the time and really yeah. kind of struggling um, or, or just underrated. It was still at the point where they just weren't really getting the respect, you know, they probably deserved post Trey Burke, post Tim Hardaway Jr. era. Um, and, and this really catapulted Nick Stauskas into the Big Ten player of the year conversation, which he would end up winning. Wisconsin is in their Bo Ryan top five purest of pure defensive stout runs. Um, just mm-hmm. just an average Wisconsin year. And Nick Stauskas hits the most killer, concise, perfected two-step dribble move. It's a step-back dribble move uh, that now wouldn't even require a dribble because honestly, James Harden <laughs> would just would just jump back and shoot. But, but Nick Stauskas went between his legs and then went back back like a reverse between his legs stepped back drilled the three-point shot and it was just so iconic i remember watching that you know as a point guard in basketball i pride myself on decent dribbling skills but ne- i mean never anything close to that perfect of a move to truly get yourself open for the shot it was just so perfect like perfectly done uh, perfectly done um, in such a way that was just truly iconic. That was one of the plays of the decade for me in my memory bank. Uh, Steven, basketball players for you? Yeah, it's got to be Trey Burke. I think my favorite would be Duncan Robinson, mainly just because of his story. Um, I just love that he's a D3 guy. I remember watching his film as soon as Michigan was wow. was picked up. And, it. I mean, he was a uh, you know, yeah. 6'8 guy just nailing threes. And... Uh, I don't know the selflessness to to come off the bench uh, his final year. You know when when uh, he had a rough start, and then you know when he was a sixth man, uh, first man off the bench, he really flourished. And now he's uh, killing it for the Heat. You know, having you know the height of his career is still ahead of him, and just his story overall. And I, I think yeah, he had some epic. yeah he had some phenomenal moments at Michigan. So you know I wouldn't even consider him close in the in the top five overall of talent but uh man guy is a shooter he has one of the most pure shots and i think he's probably like my favorite guy to watch pull up a three stauskas is close but uh but man watch watching watching him pull up for a three is a beauty 
Um, well, it's funny. Stauskas was everything Duncan Robinson should have been in college, fair. and Duncan Robinson is everything Nick Stauskas should be in the pros. Yeah. Um, so also look at us three uh, shortish white guys choosing scrappy uh, basketball players with a lot of heart as our like favorite. I, mean, I would not define Nick Stauskas as scrappy. No. Oh, oh really? Is what? Well, Stauskas you guys never watched is, him play against Michigan State. I mean, he's obviously... a shit talking like. Yes, yeah, I'm actually changing my. Um, First my off, Harry, Harry, understand Duncan when I'm Robinson. speaking in jest because I think it was pretty clear. I was Just because Duncan Robinson came from the same school my dad did. My dad no. went to Williams College, so wow, I'm you come from there, I didn't realize. Nice. Um, also, also for like top plays in basketball, the Tim Hardaway Jr. dunk in the national title game. I just got throw that out there because. I never thought Tim Hardaway Jr. would do anything in the pros until that moment when he like skywalked, you know, across the key to just throw it down the throats of Louisville's basketball players. And I just did not ever expect that from him. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, Tim Hardaway Jr. just might be like, just might have the big game, you know, big balls in him to make it in the pros. That was the moment for me where I was like, oh wow, Tim Hardaway Jr. might actually be an NBA player. Right. And then, I mean, he's carved out possibly the best career out of all of the yeah. Michigan basketball players, yeah. for sure. I, I think. think Harris hasn't beat. Fair. Who? Karis LeVert. Yeah, I think Harris LeVert hasn't um, beat. I would very strong. I Yeah, I disagree. Oh, Harris, Harris LeVert has had some great stretches, but he also can't stay healthy. Uh, I would yeah. take Tim Hardaway Jr.'s production overall. But anyways, that's... That's that's another bad take. We'll get into it another time. <laughs> yeah, you love you love you, you play a lot of video games here because you love the potential. No, players, but, uh, no, it's not even a video. They don't even make NCAA basketball video games. They have it for years. I don't talk about 2K, my better. friend, because Karis is... I have 2K. I play Madden exclusively. That's a bad yeah. take. All right, all right. Yeah, I'll, like... I'll yell about my Devin Gardner take another time, but yeah, you're wrong. It's... You're wrong. Tuck that in. Tuck that in. Um... All right, football player, top one football player, top one single individual play of the decade. If if any stand out that aren't the Notre Dame under the lights plays. Ooh. Yeah. Standout individual play? If not, it's okay, but give me the players. No. Give me the players, and then uh, as, 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 the, as the individual plays pop up, let me know. My, my top overall player is Jordan Lewis. Hmm. I was waiting for him to say Devin Gardner. And then my favorite player is Mohurst. Yeah. I would say I would say tragically underrated, man. Which one, Hurst or Lewis? Uh probably both. Lewis now. Lewis now in the NFL for sure. Even Hurst went in what, fifth round? Unbelievable. Yeah, but that was uh, Yeah, that was I think gonna be late first, early second. He got fucked on a heart defect, yeah. which I at least understand more. Sure. Yeah, he's still going to get paid. Yeah. Um, yeah he's going to make it. took him a few extra years, right? So, but yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, Stephen? I think I, my... those are great, great. Jordan Lewis is, well, I think, it's probably a great the choice. best individual player at the best position for the year. What, what about you, man? Um, I think, man, Devin Bush, pound for pound, if I'm choosing 
like just one player, it's hard, man. He was so fun to watch. I remember I went to the Purdue game uh, a couple of years ago at Purdue and one away fan asked me like, which players should I watch for Michigan? And all I said was, if you're watching defense, watch number 10. And uh, he had just a monster game and watching him live. It was just unbelievable. So I think just he's insanely talented and, and, you know, he's on, uh, you know, the all rookie team, his first year in the NFL. I think my favorite play was uh, when Mark D'Antonio decided to go for two at the end of what year was that? 2016? 2016. Yeah. Decides to go for two for no reason. And then Peppers just takes it, just houses it on the, uh, on the pitch um, on a little option they were trying to go for, for no good reason. And uh, it, it, it meant nothing. The game was already over, but it was just hilarious to me that state fans had to watch to Peppers house it 95 yards on a, you know, inconsequential play after they decided to go for it for no reason. So it, it was just, I was laughing. I was just standing and laughing at my screen. It was just hilarious to me. It was a nice little defeat with dignity. Bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Has anyone seen the, uh, the update of the basketball game? Yeah. Michigan's up by one and, uh, one. holy shit. Eli man. points. The, yeah. Iowa doesn't play defense. So um, Lou Garza, Lou Garza, Lou Garza has been to the free throw line 13 times. How many times do you think Michigan as a team has so been? You guys know this episode's dropping on Monday. So uh, <laughs> this is That's going funny. to be not relevant at all. But hey, that's all right. I, I have a Michigan. Michigan has been to the free throw line two times as a team. And Lou Garza has been to the free throw line 13 times on his own. Real Lou Garza's the kicker award. Yes. Yeah, whatever his name is. I don't know. That one white guy for Iowa basketball, right? The big, big white the big white donkey, as my friend Zach likes to say. He calls any big white guy a donkey. That's pretty And then Austin Davis is like the epitome of a donkey. Oh yeah. Watching him up the court is painful. Yeah. Like he's he's not a bad player, by the way. I'm not trying to no. insult him. All right, all right, boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you're you gonna know. cut this. <laughs> we no, gotta no, cut no, this no. short. You guys, you guys can keep going. I'm just gonna say my stuff and then I'm gonna bounce out. Okay. Um criminally underrated who who holds a special place in my in my michigan football lore even though i he's not anywhere near the best at all but i think davion smith the way he played for for harbaugh that first year was just epic and really was like the way that harbaugh loves michigan running backs to play and i feel like it's really a shame that he didn't get to play for four years under harbaugh um because he was the heart of that team that went 10 and three him and Rudock together and he really demolished i mean he like wrecked defenses you know he didn't have elite speed he just was he was the perfect hardball running back i thought it was a preview of greater things to come um i mean so like i'm not saying he's the best player at all or anything but like for me he's just a guy who i was just like yeah this is the future just the way he runs so hard and 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 he he did a lot of things. And shout out to the the panda hammer um, for being one of the most <laughs> efficient. Hammering panda. The hammer panda. Yeah, you're right. The hammer panda. Hammering one of the most... panda. Nope. The hammer panda. No hammering. <laughs> let him, let him have this. Yeah. I He's fight a panda. Everything. Just wait until we play Monopoly together. Oh God. I will. I will never touch that game. Why would I ever play? Who? What sane person plays Monopoly? End this podcast, David. <laughs> Listen, it's a strategy. 
you, you I, I mean, I don't have one. I'm really what? bad at Monopoly, but I love yelling and arguing. So it's perfect. Yeah, boys. Um, uh, also, uh, between uh, Chesson and Amara Darbo, criminally underrated. Yes. Michigan football players who are just going to slip through the cracks just because of the timing and everything. Um, yeah, there was a lot of them. I, I would have to say Devin Bush, probably the best player I've seen at Michigan over the past decade with Jordan Lewis being right there with him. Um, that's it, boys. Yeah. That's I it. think Devin Bush is probably better overall, but I just I remember, mean, I think, so it took until the 13th game for someone to throw a touchdown over Jordan Lewis. You're totally and right. the fact I, that he I was a big disagree. part of the, the best defense I've probably ever seen at Michigan gives it the, the edge for me, even though I think Devin Bush is an overall better and more talented player. I won't disagree with that at all. Jordan Lewis is iconic and had it was the best player on the best defense since 97. No debate, mm-hmm. right? Look, you want to know who's better than Devin Bush, though? TJ Hawkinson, obviously. That's right. Okay. Thanks, yeah, right. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Lions talk. Yeah, that's yeah. a good time to. All end right, I'm gonna go. All right, boys. Have a good <laughs> one. Go play some more Madden. All right. Good night, guys. Go blue. Go blue. Love you, boys.